This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Finding Your Bliss, and I want to wish you all a very happy Halloween and happy birthday to the best guy around, someone who creates miracles for so many people every day and for us. Happy birthday, Cliff. We have a great show for you today. First up, we have our Ask Ellen expert, Ellen Chakoff. She's coming to us from the streets of New York to talk about the election, COVID-19, Broadway, and all the questions you want answers to. Also on the show, our very own Haley Allegia is bringing on her father, musician Mike Marion, to talk about his music and long-awaited album. And finally, last but not least, singer, actor, and dancer Lily Lee Brack is on the show to sing and talk about her bliss. But first up, Ellen Chakoff. When we began this radio show, one of the original segments in mind was this segment called Ask Ellen, and she is back today by popular demand. People often ask why we've named the segment Ask Ellen, and that's because I always ask Ellen for her advice because she's a very wise and thoughtful person who really does give the best advice about life, love, relationships, career, and really everything. And she is also a wonderful person who I'm happy to call my very dear friend. And by the way, today, Ellen is coming to us live from New York, where she has been living off and on for the last two years. Ellen, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio. Thanks, Judy. So glad to be here. Ellen, you're in a fascinating position whereby you're a Canadian, but you've been living in New York for two years, and you have a very interesting perspective on the election taking place in a couple of days. What are people saying in America about this election? And really, my Ask Ellen question for you is, how is this upcoming election affecting Canadians? Well, first of all, as you can imagine, um, I just got back to New York a couple of days ago and you can't, you know, turn on the TV or pick up a newspaper without just being inundated with election stuff. It's, it's ever present, I would say. And I think it's a huge source of angst for a lot of people as well. Um, in Canada, we tend to be a little smug and say, Oh, you know, that kind of stuff could never happen in Canada. Um, and I hope that's true. Um, but it, it feels a little bit circus like down here, actually. Wow. Why do you think it's such a hot potato, this election? I know that's a hot potato question. <laughs> everyone's inflamed. I think it's just an incredibly polarized time. I think the pandemic's brought a huge amount of issues to the fore about individual rights and and the Republicans and the Democrats have never been further apart. You know, Trump, for whatever you say about him, is an extremely polarizing individual, uh, whether you support him or whether you don't. Um, And I think that's just added fuel to the fire down here. Mm-hmm, absolutely. As we approach, and, and, and you mentioned the pandemic, month nine of the pandemic, people are having a hard time with all of this. In fact, we just interviewed author Christine Arilo, who wrote a book called Overwhelmed and Over It. And my question is, what are your suggestions and thoughts for getting through this winter? What is the best scenario we could hope for? I mean, we all heard about the second wave coming long before it came, and and it's certainly come to fruition. You know, I I check the numbers every day, both in New York and in Toronto, and it's not always a heartening thing that I'm reading. Um, But my approach has always been the same, frankly, since the spring when, when we last spoke, you and I. 
you've got to maintain a positive attitude. I had a friend say to me that she thinks everyone's sort of operating at a low level of depression. And I don't agree. I think that we all have a heightened anxiety level. And I think it's normal. If we didn't, we'd be sort of shut off from the world. Um, but I think we all can manage our own anxiety levels effectively. We all have interests. Um, we can get out and walk every day. I know you had talked about that as being a really great stress reliever. And I think it's true. And just because it's getting, it's going to get cold out, we're tough Canadians. Bundle up and get out there. And if you can't walk because you're not so mobile, then it just get outside and get some fresh air. Um, I think it's really important. So I think you have to find things that reduce your stress level, whatever it is, whether it's TV or reading, you know, escaping in a book, great book, which is my huge escape. So for me, it's exercise and books and talking to friends and not, not isolating yourself. Can you tell us about your Shakespeare odyssey? Because I found that fascinating. And I was going to ask you, what are you personally doing to cope with lockdown and social distancing? Sure. Um, as I said, I'm I'm really a, a, an avid reader. And in university a million years ago, we won't even say how many years ago, I uh, studied Shakespeare and have loved all Shakespeare ever since. So I have a giant tome of a book. It's a well-worn leather anthology of Shakespeare's plays that I purchased at the U of T bookstore many moons ago. And I decided I was going to try to push my way through that book. So um, I try to read a play a day, not every single day, believe me, but I try to get through a play in a day and uh, I'm pushing through it. It's It's been a lot of fun. That's so cool. Ellen, when will this be over? I know this is a question on everyone's minds. When do you think COVID-19 is going to be over and when will things simmer down? I'm certainly following with great interest all of the news about the vaccines. Um, you know, and Dr. Fauci seems to be interviewed on every radio, on every television and radio station. Every time I turn in, Dr. Fauci's there. Um, I think that they're certainly getting close. And I read one article that referred to the vaccination process now or the the attempt to find a vaccine as going blindingly fast, which I don't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But um, I think there will be a vaccine in the spring that's been approved and rolling it out is going to obviously be more difficult. I think we're in this till late spring, early summer at the very earliest. I mean, I think it's going to be a long winter, but I think we all have the power to adapt and to get through it. And we have food, we have shelter, and uh, I think we can push through this successfully. So I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic, but it's not going to be a short course of events, I don't think. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people who are alone and socially isolated? Do you have any suggestions for how they can feel more comforted and less alone? And I, I know you have a great story, actually, of someone who did something really, really amazing. I do. So I have a very close friend, my oldest friend in the world, actually. Um, we've been friends since nursery school. Her father was isolated in a long-term care home, in a nursing home, uh, at the start of the pandemic. And it had been locked down, I think, since the middle of March. And uh, in May, she was desperate to see him. She wasn't allowed in. Caregivers were allowed in, but she was not allowed in. He's a survivor of the Holocaust, and uh, she's an only child, and they're very, very close. So she was just mentioning to her son she was desperate to see him, and her son had a great idea 
that he knew someone who had one of those cherry picker bucket trucks. I don't know. It's like a cherry picker truck that has a bucket you can lift up. These guys use them to repair stuff. And she was able to borrow or get someone to lend her, obviously with a driver, this truck, and they lifted her up in this bucket. And she was able to be outside her father's window and be able to communicate with him. The caregiver opened the window and she was all masked and everything. And she was terrified. She told me afterwards, terrified, um, being up there in the sky. <laughs> and she was at the window yelling, I love you, dad. And he was so excited to see her, hadn't seen her. I mean, they'd even face something, but this was something else entirely. You know, it took a bit of imagination, but what a feat. And she was featured in CTV News and uh, print and I think I even think on TV. So it's a pretty cool thing. You know, people, you have to get very creative and inventive and and try not to be isolated. I think you know, get up in the morning and, and make a to-do list, something you want to accomplish during the day. And it really helps. And you, we have phones, we have computers, and everyone has a computer. And, you know, make appointments to talk to people, FaceTime and, and um, just don't isolate yourself and think too much and just surround yourself with news. You need social interaction for sure. This has been hard on relationships. There's sometimes too much togetherness, in some cases not enough. What, what are your suggestions with regards to coping with COVID at this time? And not being able to go to a restaurant or the theater for date night. One woman I spoke to said it's hard not having something to look forward to. What is your take on that? Sure. I think that's been the hardest thing. I mean, we're humans, so we're we're very social beings. But I also think that what so many of us thrive on is hope, um, and hope and looking forward to things. So, if you have nothing to look forward to, you become a little, you know, a little sad. But it's it's you have to have faith that this vaccine will come out, life will return to normal. So yeah, we have a lot of togetherness. You know, it's, for some people that's a problem. For some people that's a huge bonanza in my case it's been great to be um you know to be able to be alone you know with my husband so much but there's also opportunities to see friends you know we can you can see friends outside at a social distance so i think it's so important to reach out to friends to read and try to connect um not not to complain and not to but just to connect and to make plans for when this world goes back to normal again because it will uh, it totally will it's so it's so encouraging when you say that. And I believe everything that you say. So I feel better already. <laughs> we we talked also, Ellen, with parenting expert Allison Schaefer recently on the show uh, about university campuses and schools. And um, what is your advice for kids on campus who want to have fun and socialize and or even kids in elementary school and high school? I agree. It's totally unnatural. You know, they really got the short end of the stick because university is all about the social aspect as well as the academic aspect. Um, and and kids in in elementary schools as well. I, I did notice, though, last week I saw one of the neighbor's kids have a, a very small birthday party with just three kids came over and they all sat uh, in the backyard and had a little socially distanced party. You can make things special. And and as I said, have something to look forward to. So there's no reason four kids can't be there with a beautiful cake and whatever and far apart from each other where it's safe. So university students are definitely more challenging. They want to hang out together and they want to sit close to each other. And it's very, very difficult. But um, 
you know, thank God they're not as, as much risk. They also, unfortunately, think they're invincible. So all of that adds up to, you don't really know what's going on there. Let, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. You don't really know how careful everyone is. And everyone has a different risk tolerance. You certainly see that in even in our age group. There's some people that are far more cavalier about this. Oh, if I get it, I get it. And then there's other people that are like, oh, my God, stay away. Yeah. I'm not yeah. leaving my house. So, you know, that's very difficult. And it, I think it makes it even more difficult when you're in university in terms of peer pressure. It's hard even at our age, Judy, the, the peer pressure sometimes. So imagine it magnified tenfold when you're in university. So, you know, these kids know what's right. They know what to do. We have to trust them, but we also have to accept that they're not going to be as vigilant as we would like them to be. Um, we can only hope that they'll do their best and I'm sure they will. So, you know, I'm a big fan of parenting is like, you know, just keep lecturing and eventually it will get into their heads or they'll just tune you out, but you just keep giving those lectures. I think it's super important um, so that they ultimately do know what to do and what's right. And we need to have faith in them. Absolutely. You're back in New York and I know that you've gone to Times Square. I know that you've gone walking throughout Broadway. What has it been like to be walking the streets of Broadway with no lights and no theater? I tell you, it was the most surreal, bizarre experience. I was there yesterday. First of all, walking down. I was walking down. Uh, I live on the Upper West Side. And I was walking down Broadway all the way. And couldn't forget why it felt different. I mean, it was quiet, a lot less people on the sidewalk, a lot less traffic, but it was bothering me. What's different? And then I realized there's no honking horns. I heard one horn honk. You know, New York's all about that traffic congestion, and it's just really quiet. It feels like a Sunday morning here. Wow. And so that was kind of eerie. And then when I got down to Broadway, again, like just light, light traffic, all the theaters shut, no tourists. I walked first past Columbus Circle, which is a huge tourist area in Central Park South. And without tourists, this city feels completely different. It doesn't feel bad. It's just very, very different. Yeah, it, it was a bizarre experience for sure. Wow. that's. Do you think Broadway will come back? And when do you foresee that happening? I do. I think New York will come back. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that, you know, New York is having a little bit of a upswing in crime and New York feels like the 1970s. I keep hearing that from New Yorkers. It's, we sort of regressed back. And, you know, listen, there are a lot of stores that are out of business and there's a lot of restaurants still open, but you can see that there is also some that have closed down that are suffering. But New York will come back. Broadway will come back. I have no doubts. Um, all the people that are sort of away and taking themselves to their vacation homes or to other parts of uh, the United States, they, they will all come back. New York is tough and New York has so much to offer. So as soon as this pandemic's over, the tourists are going to flock here again. Broadway will open up. You know, they just have to get through this. I, I'm trying to imagine the, how sweet it'll be. And and I'm not just talking about New York, but even at Stratford and theaters in Toronto, in Ontario, and of course on Broadway, to be sitting in a theater again. How <laughs> I never took it for granted, but it's going to be even sweeter and, and going to restaurants and all of these things that at one time we took for granted, we will be so grateful for. I couldn't agree more. It's going to be very, very, very sweet. We miss theater and music and all of the things. And I feel, I feel for the actors. I feel for the singers and musicians. You know, it's really tough on them. 
What about people not going away for the winter? So many Canadian snowbirds are debating winter plans amid the COVID-19 pandemic. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I just saw an article yesterday in the Globe and Mail about this, that certain islands are trying to promote um, vacations and they're going to offer COVID testing and insurance and all of this and medical care. I think that you can't plan in advance during this pandemic. I think that's what I've learned. Um, I think we have to wait and see what the world looks like, you know, kind of end of November, December. I do know a lot of the snowbirds, though, are not going, partly because they're afraid of getting sick down there. Uh, even if they have insurance or can purchase insurance, they just feel unsure and it kind of feels like the floor has been shifted out from under them. Um, so, I can understand that completely. I think that a lot of them are going to feel way better to stay home. So I think traveling is going to be a kind of a last minute. Let's wait and see what happens. Thing. Mm-hmm. How great would it be to go to an island though, right, Ellen? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we can all use a little bit of that right now. Oh. A little bit of sand and sea and <laughs> blue skies and all of that. Yeah, it would be amazing. But um, I don't know. Florida's... <laughs> experience a terrible upswing in uh, in numbers right now. I'm sure they'll get it under control, but you know, you don't want to be too cavalier about going down there. I don't know. Absolutely. Ellen, you've recently lost some weight and um and very successfully. Can you tell us what you're doing? Because so many people have talked about gaining the COVID fifteen. What is working for you? Yeah, it's the quarantine fifteen we called it in my house. Well I was I was having a great old time March, April, May, June, even into July. I had discovered all these great snacks that I hadn't eaten since I was a kid and I was just going for it. Anyway, uh, so I socked on a good fifteen pounds. But I decided again, this is one more thing. So much of our life right now is out of control. It's one thing you can control is um losing some weight. And I think it's really important to do that. For me it was reducing my carb intake. Not totally. I'm just not a person who can eat no carbs. I don't believe in any of those diets where you have to cut out all carbs, all sugar. For me, it was just a little bit of carbs in the morning and then the rest of the day doing you know, protein and vegetables and fruits and eating really healthy. And then my big secret is nothing to eat after 7 p.m. if you can do it. Just lots of tea, green tea, black tea, whatever you like. Um, but just have your dinner, which is protein and vegetables. And then that's it. Close up shop. Do not go near that kitchen. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. That's so great. What is bliss for Ellen right now? Bliss for me right now. I mean, I'm really enjoying being back in New York. I hadn't been back in months and months and months. So for me, that was pretty exciting. I, you know, it was a little nerve wracking to fly, but it was fine. But bliss for me always will be my relationships, my friendships, my relationship with my husband and my kids. And uh, so I've done, I worked really hard to maintain all those to make sure I see friends for distance walks and to enjoy the time with my family now that we're sort of, you know, locked down a lot. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think you've got it very, very together. And I want to thank you uh, very much for being here again. It's always such a pleasure. And I hope you're going to come back again. I would and love give to. Us After the election, we have to we have to talk then again as well. If you want to contact Ellen, the best way to contact her is to write to us at info at findingyourbliss.com. And we will try to answer as many questions as possible. Uh, we're going to go to a short commercial break. When we come back, more with Finding Your Bliss. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. 
In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you, continuing to provide remote consultations. And there's exciting news. With the easing of government restrictions, CREATE has resumed services for fertility testing and treatments. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Find Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. Haley Allegia is a vital part of Finding Your Bliss, and what's so great is that she started out as an intern with us and then became part of the Finding Your Bliss family, working as a production assistant and editor and researcher. And I'm so delighted to have Haley's dad, Mike Marion, on the show today to sing for us and to talk about his album. And to introduce Mike today, we thought, why not have Haley Allegia, his daughter, welcome him onto the show. So Haley, (laughs) take it away. By day, he does graphic design and advertisements, but by night, his passion is writing music. Singer-songwriter Mike Marion sharpened his baritone vocal chops and finger-style and rock guitar licks on the Queen Street Toronto scene, Melma Combo, the Rivoli, and the Horseshoe, as a performer and studio composer. He is also passionate about Eastern meditation, taught by his Punjabi yoga teacher. And meeting his wife, Carla, that's my late mother, changed his world and had a huge impact on his life, helping him find spirituality and religion, and was a huge influence on his music. One of the best parts of his life are his children, Haley, that's me, and my brother, Maximilian, and all of these influences are woven into the fabric of his songs. He co-founded Coffee House Artists Network in Toronto from 2001 to 2008, where he met producer Mitch King Kong Girio. Mitch crafted Mike Marion's first solo album, Big Wide Sky, released in 2016, featuring drummer Gary Craig, who played for Bruce Coburn and Jan Arden. Thanks, Haley, for that great introduction to your dad. And Mike Marion, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. I'm glad to be here. It's awesome. <laughs> what do you what do you say to Haley? I think that was pretty oh, that pretty was awesome. Great, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Good job. I mean, she can kill it, so <laughs> absolutely. She does every day at Finding Your Bliss. She's phenomenal. All right. Mike, I'm so delighted to meet you. I've heard some wonderful things about you from Haley, and you've got some beautiful songs, and we're going to play some excerpts from them today. And what's really cool is that you came out with this album when you were 60, which is so great for our listeners to hear that dreams don't have an expiration date. And the album is almost autobiographical, written at different periods in your life. Can you describe how this all evolved? 
The song Sing My Heart Away on the album basically is a, it's a really happy, but it's about your life falling apart. Uh, my son with his autism was institutionalized in 2015. And uh, my best friend, Nick Beat, uh, one of Toronto's uh, great poets, he uh, passed away. And the love, one of uh, one of the loves of my life, one of the one of the topics in the song, we uh, that came to an end. So there were three really big things, and I just thought to myself, uh, what, "What's you know, what is this all about?" And I thought, you know what, what matters to me is leaving a legacy for Haley and Max. And in terms of if in the inscription on inside of the book, it says, uh, your creativity matters. And it was dedicated to Haley. So I wanted her to have a, a good document of the story of who her father is, just like we all want to know who our parents are, especially down the road. And so, so this is really a gift to my daughter, Haley, first and foremost. Ah, oh, that's so nice. I love that. Mike, you were nominated for a Gemini Award for Advertising Design and Animation, and you've also won awards for graphic design. And yet I sense that this is still your day job and that your passion is really all about music. What do you love about writing music and singing? I think, uh, like I was saying to Haley in a conversation, that there's a spirituality to it for me. And I've met musicians where this, the spirit moves out of them and they can play great, but it doesn't touch your heart anymore. It doesn't touch your soul. So for me, it's really a transformative thing. I, no, nothing I love more than when I really get into it and a, show, uh, a song ends or a show ends and people come up and thank me because they felt the transformation happen and they went from the ordinary to the extraordinary within themselves. And that's got to happen in me too. So that's, you know, it's got to start with myself and then hopefully lead the entire audience into that space. You're reminding me of the saying, when you sing, you pray twice. And I think that uh, singing can be a very spiritual thing. And I know you also love yoga and meditation. Is this still a big part of your life? It is. It's a, it's a, it's a hybrid. I'm kind of a, like what I call a Christian yogi. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the yoga that taught me how to find uh, profound relaxation and, and to connect to the spirit mm -hmm. in a profound way, even a visual way. I love that each song on your album is accompanied by a photo that goes along with the song. And this can be seen yeah. both on the album and on the website, which I want to tell our listeners is www.mikemarion.art. And I'm going to spell that for you. It's M-I-K-E-M-A-R-I-A-N.art. Was this a conscious decision to add these photographs for each piece of music? Yeah, it was, uh, it was one thing I spent uh, a lot of time uh, curating. Uh, some of them are from a photo shoot with uh, Michelle Quantz in Toronto, and, and the rest were uh, curated. And each represents probably the uh, the main character of the song. And so you can see there's one that uh, represents Haley, which is uh, actually, you know what's interesting? The two songs that you've chosen, one is really about Haley or my my wanting to sanctify her marriage experience in a sense. And the other one uh, is Museum of Faith. When I was in the studio, I was singing to Haley. She didn't know that. But so that's why it comes off as a little bit like a lullaby, even though the lyrics are pretty 
thick and heavy in, in some regards, but but it's sung like you're singing it to your, your daughter. That's so lovely. I, I was just about to mention that I love that you wrote a wedding song imagining your daughter Haley's wedding one day. And I think you've kind of briefly set that up for us. So I think we should just go and have a listen. Because yeah. I'm crazy about that song. Oh, it's just beautiful. And I love that it's been inspired by Haley. So let's have a listen to Wedding Day. get that song uh mike where where can people download it or buy it or get access to that beautiful song wedding day by mike marion one day Haley said dad you're on spotify (laughs) 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 and she even bought it she told me (laughs) (laughs) that's so nice Haley. what did you think when you first heard this song um oh oh my (laughs) (laughs) now he's worried (laughs) no 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 what did your mom think? What did your mom think? Oh God, I don't. Um, I think my mom used to tell me about my dad's songs and 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 because uh, I used to ask her because when I was a kid, I heard a bunch of these songs way before they were crafted and, and polished. Um, so when I heard this song, first I was like, "Dad, I'm 14." <laughs> but um, it's I don't know. It 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 was one of those things where I was like, "Oh my God, my dad's a musician! Isn't that cool?" <laughs> I told all my friends in uh, elementary school, like, "Oh my God, my dad listened to me, listened to his music." And when this song came out, I was always obsessed with guitar. Of course, I learned guitar from my dad, but the guitar picking in the beginning was always my favorite part, and I I do like this song. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I want to congratulate you on that song and on the album. It's it's really quite beautiful. Mike, your religion changed when you met Carla. Can you explain? Uh, one of her friends uh, was a Baptist, and they were very, very involved, like praise and worship music. They were both musicians, uh, both in the theater business. And, uh, and I came home one day, and they had all these Bibles out on the table with all these different inscriptions wrote out. But there was one quote that jumped out that basically said that uh, no matter how hard you work, you can't earn your way into heaven. Mm. Heaven is a gift. 
<laughs> and so it reminded me about being so trying to control the outcome of things and instead surrender to a greater reality. Beautiful. I love that. One of the other songs on your album that I really love listening to is Museum of Faith, and it's another one of Haley's favorites. And I'd love to roll that clip. Sunlight crying from windows, falling on paintings, Michelangelo, ceilings looking tired, dying on shoulders of the faithful. They caught the wooden stone Well, you know How his hands told And his name Forever gilded gold Painted angels pray For our broken ones On a morning like this one You know That was lovely. Mike, why did you name the album The Big Wide Sky? It's one of the songs that actually isn't even on the album. (laughs) It's a beautiful song, but like I said to Haley, you've got a certain amount of budget. You do your best to to get them all produced properly, but some don't really quite work. And if you have a bigger budget, you do it again. It's a beautiful love song, but it's also uh, the concept of, of God, really or spirituality, transcendental love, the big, wide sky. You know, it's always watching over us. It's always there, whether we notice it or not. Mm. What is bliss for Mike Marion? Bliss. (laughs) Every morning, I try. that's one of the the things I do before I go into the day. I don't want to go long before I give first fruits to the creation of the world, you know, and, and, uh, and it remind it connects me to that profound place, and then I like to think that swell wells up inside of me, and I bring that into the world. So, what is the best way for people to connect to your music and follow you on social media? Well, lar- largely, I'd say you know Spotify, all the streaming places. Uh, it's pretty much on about fourteen different streaming networks, and they keep growing and they keep being put on the other ones. So, Spotify is probably number one. Your YouTube music, I like a lot. Beautiful. And that's Mike Marion spelled M-A-R-I-A-N. And I want to thank you so much for being here today, Mike Marion and Haley, your daughter, for being on our show as part of the Finding Your Bliss team. But uh, it's been really nice to have both of you on the program today. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks, Haley. (laughs) Thanks, Doug. Thanks, <laughs> We're going to go on a short commercial break. More of Finding Your Bliss when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. 
Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you, continuing to provide remote consultations. And there's exciting news. With the easing of government restrictions, Create has resumed services for fertility testing and treatments. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss AM 740 FM 96.7 and I'm so delighted to introduce you to my next guest who you've heard both on season one and season two and that is singer, actor and dancer Lily Liebrach and yes she also happens to be my daughter and the reason we decided to bring her on today is we talk about her so much on the show that I thought it might be a nice idea for you to finally meet her. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Lily, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Lily Liebrach is in her third year of the musical theater program at the prestigious Sheridan College. She has been singing since the age of five and has performed many leading roles in musicals. But one of her favorite things to do is to give back to the community. And so she has loved her whole life doing gigs for organizations such as ICRF, both in Toronto and in Montreal, and Jake's Jam, which she's been doing since she was very little. And lately, ever since COVID, she's been singing every Sunday for a beautiful event called Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam. And that is run by Jake's mom, Ellen Schwartz. And it's just quite a wonderful event every Sunday that Lily sings for. Lily was also hired by Olive Branch Theatre Company. And because of COVID-19, she performed online for them and also did one of her favorite gigs this summer, which was performing live outside in the courtyard for over 300 seniors who watched from their balconies and windows and she was interviewed by CTV Television. She also has been teaching singing online on Zoom and for Spotlight Academy. And she joins us today to talk about her bliss and to sing for us. Lily, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Lily, it's great to have you back on the program again. I think you were here for the Christmas show last year, along with some of your friends and fellow colleagues from Sheridan. How would you describe your experience being in third year in the musical theater program, which is mostly online this year? I think it feels pretty revolutionary to be at Sheridan right now. I think it's really cool to be learning in this online format because this is where the industry is going for just the time being when COVID is happening. And I feel really grateful to be a part of that. That's so great. 
that's such a great attitude. And I think that it's that positive attitude that's getting a lot of you through this time in such a beautiful way. You had a very busy summer singing for Jake's Jam, doing master classes, teaching and performing for all of Branch Theatre. I'd love you to tell me what it was like for you to perform in the courtyard outside for over 300 seniors this summer. It was for the Bernard Battelle Centre in Benet Breath, and you were interviewed by CTV News. How would you describe that experience of everyone sort of watching from their balconies and their windows while you sang? It was incredible. It was so amazing to get to connect with every senior. And I felt like I was able to sing with them and dance with them and really share the space with them. And I have to say, I haven't felt that way in so long, where I really felt like I was singing for a purpose. And I was singing for people who really needed it. So I I think it was a really special day. That's so incredible. It looked like so much fun. And it was, and it was so great to see all of the seniors dancing and their spot. And especially because of COVID, like what an incredible thing that all of Ranch Theater did by creating this opportunity. And you guys were all so wonderful. Every week you sing for Jake Sunday Zoom Jam, as I mentioned in your intro, in memory of Jacob Schwartz. And it's run by someone I know you look up to as a shining light. And that's Ellen Schwartz, his mother. I think you've been doing it for almost 30 weeks now. Can you tell us what Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam is all about and why you look forward to doing it every week? Okay, so Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam is basically the most incredible community of people, people with special needs. Um, A lot of families um, with children with special needs come on the Zoom Jam. Um, Tons of artists in, in the Toronto and Canadian community come together. And everyone has the same purpose and same goal. And that is to just share the love of music that really Jacob, who the Zoom Jam really is all about. That was what he stood for. And he loved music so much. And he really showed us, meaning the community, how special music is and how much it can bring people together. So I think it's really special that we get to continue that tradition that Jacob really started. It's so right what you're saying, Lily. I think also Jacob was all about love. And I don't know about you, but I feel like there's so much love in that Zoom jam. You know, you just sort of feel it even through the computer. It's so true. And Ellen is the most incredible human being. And she really has organized the Zoom jam for all of us and really brought this whole community together who I think will be connected for many years to come. I agree. It's it's quite wonderful. And we feel very grateful and honored to be part of it. So another really cool thing happened this summer. You did master classes, as I mentioned, and you did one with Kelly O'Hara, your idol from Broadway. Yeah. Something very special happened where you actually sang to Kelly O'Hara. I think you might, I think it was it's pretty emotional. We actually have a clip of, of you singing a bit of that song. Can you tell us what that experience was like singing for Kelly O'Hara in this incredible online masterclass this summer? I have to say it was a dream come true. Kelly O'Hara is someone who I really look up to. And to just get to sing for her and to just even really be in her presence was magical, really. <laughs> uh, I haven't cried like that in a long time. I was just so grateful to have that opportunity and to get to sing for her and talk to her and hear a little bit about 
her journey to, to get to Broadway, which was so cool. I think it was also great what her reaction was. And, and I got to hear what that was. And it was uh, it was lovely. And it was such an honor. And uh, that song is beautiful. I think you are singing it on YouTube somewhere, I think probably for a gig that you did for ICRF in Montreal. Can you just set up a little bit of that? The song is How Will I Know from Secret Garden. So How Could I Ever Know from the Secret Garden is really a song about forgiveness. It's a song about love and how even when someone is not with us or you haven't seen someone in a long time, there still can be a connection. And I think this song is really special to me because I think it represents all of the love that we have for people who are no longer with us. And for the ICRF event, I actually dedicated it to my grandfather, who is very special to me. And I think it was a beautiful way for me to express how much I care about him. That was a very magical, wonderful night. And the best part was so much um, was raised for cancer research. It was an incredible evening. And, and I think it's, as you mentioned, it's you, you enjoy so much when it's giving back to the community. And that was an incredible example of that. Let's have a listen to a mini clip from How Will I Know? That was so beautiful. I could listen to that all day. Lately, you've been singing all kinds of music. You've been experimenting with uh, your favorite being musical theater, of course, but you've also been singing a lot of pop. You sing opera, jazz. What do you love about singing and performing? Singing, I think, is a very spiritual experience. I think that when you sing and when you perform, you are giving something of yourself. I'm going to cry now. (laughs) This is really what you love, isn't it? Yeah. It's so nice to, this is what the show is all about, Lily, is people being connected to their bliss. And when I hear you talk like this, it just confirms for me that this is something not only that you excel at, but that you really love to do. And it's, it's such a wonderful thing. Yeah. No, I think it's very special. And to have the ability to tell a story and to really allow an audience to imagine the story that you create for them to really bring them into your world. I think that when you go to see a show, there's nothing really like that, I think. Absolutely. And it's it's been a little bit rough, hasn't it, been not having theatre? And uh, I think you guys are all doing such an amazing job of making do and and working working through this time. But of course, not being in on a live stage is, has been very hard for so many actors and directors and people who that's where that's where their bliss comes from. We've seen so many wonderful examples of how it can still work. But there is a song that I think you've been working on. You're working on something new, and I don't even know what it is. You're surprising me. Can you set it up for us? 
So I've been working on a song called Only Pretend. And it's actually from the Peter Pan live musical movie. I love this song because it's very magical. And it's all about actually what Wendy says to Peter. And this is a new song that wasn't in the original show. It really shows how much Wendy cares about Peter and um, maybe has feelings for Peter. And I think that it really demonstrates what young love is like and what it's like to have a ton of questions. So I love this song because for an actor, it's so much fun to be able to ask these questions and and wait for for what Peter is going to say back. I can't wait to hear it. I'm so excited. Let's have a listen to Only Pretend. Is this just pretend? Only pretend. True, it's all just a game. Make believe all the same. Is it only pretend? Are these feelings I'm feeling my feelings alone? Do you have them too? I think that you do. that, Lily. That was beautiful. Lily, you also started teaching and you're teaching people from seven to 70 years old, which I find so cool. Actually, and one, six, <laughs> six until 70. Oh, six <laughs> until 70. I might even be 71, I think. <laughs> and one of your students actually, who I think is in their early seventies said, Lily is the teacher that I've been looking for all of my life which is, wow, (laughs) what a great compliment. What do you love about teaching? I love in anything I do, sharing what I learn. I love learning and I love being curious and finding out new things. And especially with singing, I'm so interested in the anatomy of the voice. I'm so interested in how the voice can share a story and can 
share emotion. So I think that imparting that knowledge on that I've gotten from so many wonderful teachers is so special and fulfilling. And I love just that aha moment when your student really gets it and feels appreciated and cared about. And I have to say, working for Spotlight Academy has been really incredible. Um, Michelle Newman and Amanda Silkoff run that company. And they've really taught me the idea of making every single student feel special and feel like they are in their own spotlight. And not just on the side, watching from the sidelines, but they really get to have that moment. And really, I think I've learned about that from all of my teachers that I've had in the past. Really, this idea of taking your moment and appreciating it, because I think that for a student, and I and I will always be a student, I believe, there is nothing like learning from your teachers. I think that teachers are so invaluable, and I'm really glad that I get to kind of pass on the legacy that all of my wonderful teachers have, the things they have taught me. That's so fantastic. Lily, what is your advice for singers and artists with regards to doing what they really love to do at any age? Like even if they're 80 years old and they're listening to this and they've always wanted to sing, what would you say to them? I would say do the work, but it's doing the work with passion and joy. There's a teacher who always tells me, always do everything with joy. And I think that's so um, important because it can start to feel like homework. And that's when I think you have to stop and step back and say, okay, why am I doing this in the first place? And I think that all of the work that I do with Jake's Jam and with ICRF and these wonderful communities has really shown me why I do it. That's so lovely. I, I do it because it makes people happy. I do it because it's so enjoyable for me. It's it's that the happiest I ever am. So I think it's getting back to the the root of why you love to do what you do. That's so wonderful. What is bliss for Lily Liebrach? Family, friends, definitely performing, singing, acting, and dancing. Good conversations, laughs, <laughs> the people that I'm around, really. Can you guess what bliss is for me? <laughs> I think everybody knows that's listening to this. It's the person that I'm interviewing right now. And of course, my son, Max, and my sweetheart, Cliff, too. You guys are all my real bliss. I have to say this has been so delightful to have you. Lily, you're going to sing a little snippet of a pop song called Make You Feel My Love. Take it away. I chose this song because it's my dad's birthday today, and I wanted to wish him a very happy birthday. Love you, Dad. I can make you happy, make your dreams come true. There's nothing that I wouldn't do. Go to the ends of the earth for you To make you feel my love To make you feel my love 
that was so beautiful, Lily. Thank you so much for singing that. And I, I think I want to dedicate that to a very special person. And that is Cliff Liebrack because it's his birthday today on Halloween. So that goes out to Cliff. And Lily, what is the best way for people to follow you on social media? You can follow me on Instagram at Lily Liebrack. That's L-I-L-Y. Liebrach, L-I-B-R-A-C-H. And you can follow me on YouTube as well at Lily Liebrach. And stay tuned for more. (laughs) (laughs) We can't wait. Lily, I want to thank you so much for doing the show today. It's truly been delightful to have you here, dear. Thank you. Each week, we spotlight a singer, singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com, where you can also sign up for our Bliss newsletter. And of course, for the latest and the greatest, just follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. Our Halloween giveaway this week was sponsored by Chocosol Traders. Chocosol is stone ground, ethical, and ecological chocolate. The contest closes tonight at 6 p.m. and the winner will be announced tonight on Instagram at the Bliss Minute. In order to be in the contest, all you have to do is tag two friends and follow us at the Bliss Minute on Instagram and Chocosol Traders, C-H-O-C-O-S-O-L-T-R-A-D-E-R-S. I would like to thank my wonderful guests, Ellen Chakoff, Mike Marion, and Lily Liebrack for being here today. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, who is also a guest on today's show, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and to everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to have a safe and happy Halloween and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.